Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess Romero. Paul, welcome, my friend, and thanks for doing double duty today, brother. The Jesus 911 hey. and the Terry and Jesse. Terry, you know, you know, I always love it when I'm on the radio with you. So, well, God look forward to today's show. Well, we're going to have a great show today because we're going to be talking about. Well, well, number one, we're going to talk about a great spiritual plan. How we all need to have a spiritual plan to live in the presence of God. Number two, we're going to talk about uh, a interview that Bishop Athanasius Schneider talks about and uh, the problem in the church with the clergy and the world. He makes a really good point that I want to cover in the second segment. We're also going to say farewell to Nancy Pelosi. Actually, I'm not saying farewell to her. <laughs> I'm going to continue to pray for her conversion Amen. because this woman's done a lot of damage, Paul, and she's yes. 80 years old and her exit interview could be soon and that's uh, why terry, i pray for her yeah i'm glad you pointed that out terry because um, a lot of times you know when we think of people who have a uh, you know the wrong viewpoint yeah because that that's what it is the wrong viewpoint you know we tend to look at them like enemies but no you know the lord doesn't look at them as enemies the lord looks at them you know through the eyes of that's right and he desires their conversion. Amen. And, I, and, I, and I love the fact that you bring that out, Terry. We need to pray for Nancy Pelosi. Amen. And we're also going to cover something that's really important called the sin. Sin, the one influence not allowed to explain our crisis in the culture today. It's sin. Well, remember mm. whatever happened to sin? It was 1973, Carl Marninger's book. And he was a Jewish rabbi. He made the point in his book, nobody calls sin, sin. And so what happened is we're living a life of debauchery and we don't know it. Okay, number three, we're going to talk on the spiritual life about Advent and it's our hope. But before we get to any of these topics, I like to get some soul food in. Oh, one more. Before I get to the soul food, I like inspiration in my life, Paul. And a mm -hmm. Cuban priest gave me inspiration over the weekend when I read about what he did. This Cuban priest told the atheistic government of Cuba, hey, our dignity comes from God, not from the government. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, no, we say that. Of course, it says it in our Constitution. Yeah. But, you know, that's courage for a priest to go and yeah. tell the atheistic communist government, you know what? That's not how I see it. I'm a priest of God. I'm going to proclaim the gospel, even if you throw me in jail, even if you persecute me, and uh, I think that attitude is inspirational, and it could come really in handy for us Americans if things go uh, continue to go south in our country. Well, yeah, and guess what? That comment probably will uh, wind him up in jail. Yeah, you know, but he, he that's something that he's willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, and we need to pray for him. Amen. Well, Paul, yeah. today's mass, the entrance song, I really like it. The hymn is "Hear the Word of the Lord." O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior will come. You need no longer fear. Hey, Isn't that a great man. message? <laughs> oh, yeah. Reminds me of uh, John Paul II. Yeah. And he said, you know, fear not. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Well, Paul, we have the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. When you're here, brother, I enjoy having you read it. And then give me your take on the, how it applies to us in our daily lives. I'll give you my humble opinion, Amen, Terry. brother. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. 
on one of those day, on one of those days, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in. Because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this that speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sin but God only? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose before them and took up, uh, and took up that on which he lay and went home, glorifying God, and amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, mm -hmm. we have seen strange things today. <laughs> That's funny. The gospel, the Incredible gospel of the things. Lord. Praise to you, oh, Lord yes. Jesus Christ. Yes, Terry, yes. Hey, listen, uh, Tell me. I get into a little bit of uh, exegesis. I would just like to, um, uh, you know, Read one little bit out of the reading today. Oh, yeah. And it's just a line. This is out of uh, Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And it says, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Mm -hmm. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Oh. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a, like a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing with joy. Okay. So as you know, Terry, the, uh, the letter, uh, the, the epistle and the gospel, they always go together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's really good. But uh, listen, um, once again, Jesus demonstrates that he's not just a rabbi, he is God. Uh, for for uh, for that said, uh, he said only like they said in the passage, only God can forgive sins. Why? Because all sin is ultimately against God, right? As David wrote in the Psalms, "Against thee and thee only have I sinned, O Lord, and done what is evil in thy sight." This man Terry, he represents every human being. We are paralyzed from the effects of original sin. And like this man, we are utterly helpless, unable to move towards God on our own. In this passage, it took the help of his friends to bring him to the Lord. We see Jesus, the son who made redemption possible by his atoning death, that, uh, uh, who accomplished redemption actually, uh, that appeased the father's wrath and purchased the father's mercy and grace for us. Um, you know, the help 
of the friends in this passage, Terry, they represent the Holy Spirit. You see, it's the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the helper that brings us to Christ, right? Yep. He accomplishes the work in us. He does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so the picture is not only the man's, you know, healing, but it's our spiritual healing and eventual full restoration. Just like this man was fully restored, Terry, right. we will be fully restored in our resurrected bodies. And Jesus demonstrates that he's not only willing, but he's capable to bring uh, bring healing to us. And we also there's an, there's something else that jumps out at me when yep. Jesus says um uh, he, he was given authority that he has authority from the father. Yeah. Uh, later, uh, we read uh, in the, in the uh, New Testament that all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. You know, Terry, then Jesus, he authorizes us to go out into the world by his authority and make disciples of men to resist the devil, to break down enemy strongholds. And um, this is why, Cat, you know, us Catholics, we uh, we are here. This is why we're made. We've been equipped. We've been empowered um, to go out, you know, um, uh, into the world to make disciples of men. Well said. Amen to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And just a quick note. You talk about evangelization. Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother and myself are going to do an great evangelization <laughs> conference. He is a great man. January 14th. It's coming up less than a little bit of a month, five weeks from now at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. If you'd like to register, call 877-526-2151 or go online to register at vmpr.org. Hey, I, I, we're going to bring Bishop Sheen in on the other side of the break, and then we'll continue. Mm. He's got some really good insights about anxiety and where it comes from, so stay with us. And again, if you'd like to get to come and join us for our evangelization conference, if you've never heard Jesse's brother, Johnny, Ask, ask anybody. He's like Jess. He's, he's on fire for the faith. And we're going to yep. teach you the fundamentals of sharing your faith with anyone. And in this age of scandal, yes, what's happened is a lot of people are forgetting to evangelize. No, no, no. This is even a more of an effort to evangelize. And we need to have the tools to do that. And that's what we'll give you at this conference on January 14th at the Sacred Heart Chapel. It's called Evangelization Conference, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. You have a son, a brother, mother, whoever it is away from the faith. Let's get them back. And like Paul said, this is scripture. This is what we're here for. You know, yeah, like we're made for this. We are made to share the gospel. And when yeah. we come back from our break, I've got a special little comment from Fulton Sheen about modern anxieties. And where is it coming from and how to overcome them with Archbishop Fulton Sheen? Just a quick note, it was December 9th. It's coming up for his anniversary for his death. Let's pray that, that the Holy Church will get back into getting his canonization process going through. Amen. Pray prayer for Amen. that, folks. All right, Harry and Jesse show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. We come back, we'll get full Sheen ahead here. And then we'll get Bishop Athanasius Snyder to wage in on this issue of the church of the world. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Absolutely. Terry Barber reporting for duty and Paul Clay's reporting <laughs> for duty also. 
Paul, for those who don't know your background, I just want people to realize you and Jesse go way back in the sheriff's department. You've worked in uh, in uh, being a cop for over thirty some years, and you've yep. seen the the, uh, the the side of sin. You've seen what sin does to the culture as a policeman more than what I do, because you've seen a bad side of man, right? Yeah, but you get your dose of it as well, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have to walk outside. You're right. Well, Paul, let me yeah. just do this. I wanna I wanna play a clip. From well, let's first of all, I forgot about Bishop Sheen. Before we'll do Sheen, and then we'll do Bishop Snyder. And I want to get your take on this clip from Snyder. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Fulton J. Sheen. And this is very insightful. He he wrote this 50, 60 years ago, Paul. I mean, it's just amazing. He says, "Modern man, right? Modern anxiety is different from the anxiety of previous and more normal ages in two ways." Did you hear what he called it? Normal. Ages, mm -hmm. because what was mm -hmm. normal about it is people feared God and feared their loss of their soul going to hell. We don't have yep, that. Yep, and now. we are everything but normal right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't give commentary yet, but that's what came out about when I read that. And he says uh, more normal in two ways. In other days, men were anxious about their souls, but modern anxiety is principally concerned with the body. The major worries of today are economic security, health, complexion, wealth, social prestige, and sex. He just described our culture, uh, Paul. Yes, yes. And, and, and this is what uh, we're going to get in with Bishop Snyder, the worldliness. So mm -hmm. when Bishop Sheen says a more normal age, he's talking about an age that recognizes we are not God. Am I onto yes. something? Oh, you are absolutely Bishop once again, has shown himself to be uh, um, uh, have the wisdom of God here. Uh, this is our problem today, Terry. We are so, I mean, they have magazines called Self, Self yep. Magazine, you know <laughs> what I mean? So we are so uh, fixed on self yeah. that we understand that God's call for us is to be selfless. Mm, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's just the opposite of everything. Uh, the, the zeitgeist, the spirit of this world is, is, is trying to ram down our throats. Yep. Well said. Well, let's bring another smart bishop who's alive and well, Archbishop Athanasius Snyder. And I'll set the stage before the clip plays, Paul. I don't think mm -hmm. you've seen this, but I, I watched it over the weekend and I said, man, he nailed it. And he's talking he about. Does. Yeah, he's talking about the crisis in the church and what is the problem. And I think he makes it very clear, and I would agree with him. So let's have everyone listen to the clip and reflect on what he's saying. The progressive ecclesial liberalism is uh, at the root of our present crisis within the life of the church since decades, since the council. It is, I would say, the root of this ecclesial liberalism, clerical liberalism. It is first that the, these clerics, they want their own advantage, their own personal advantages, uh, power to be uh, the glory, but not the glory of God, but the glory of the world to receive the approval not from God, but from the uh, opinion of this world, of the powerful of this world. This is the 
the public opinion, the mass media, and so on, and to have power. Therefore, they have to, to pay the price for this to adapt themselves to the spirit of this world, and so become worldly. And ultimately, this leads to love what is in the world, as uh, St. John the Apostle writes in his first letter, where he says, My children, do not love what is in the world. These three concupiscences of the eyes, of the flesh, and the, the glory of this world. And this is these temptations which this clergy, the ecclesial liberalism, uh, yielded. And therefore they have then uh, the spirit of this world will never accept uh, a constant truths, revealed truths by God. Well said, Bishop Schneider. You know, Paul, when I heard that, I've, I think of the world, the devil, and the flesh. That, mm -hmm. that, that we are out to, you know, who are we wanting yeah. to please, man or God? Yeah. I, I think of some of the things in that I hear from cardinals and uh, high officials in the church just basically going along with, you know, the uh, United Nations that Cardinal Seurat called evil the other day. Uh, it seems like we're we're wanting to be one with the world, and yes. what I hear, yeah, what I hear Bishop Snyder saying is, no, 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 stop focusing on yourself. This is all about the salvation of souls, and it's not about my popularity or someone though you know thinks I'm a good guy because they're in a high mm -hmm. position in the government, whether it's the president of some country. We have to look beyond ourselves, and I see right now in the church, he nailed it. It's 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 uh, modernism. Where, yes. where liberalism is coming in and saying, hey, we know what Christianity used to teach. That's how they say it even used to. It's like we, yes. we've come a long ways. The Bible <laughs> says this, but we know that, you know, on yeah. sodomy, no, no, no. We had a cardinal say that. No, no. It's not well, a problem anymore. Well, it's kind of funny, uh, Terry, because um, evolution is this idea, this theory that we evolved right we, yeah. we you know we started one way and we evolved into something uh more complex and greater right and uh well uh, what they're trying to do is like like i always say the uh, what happens in the physical world also reflects the spiritual world Amen. They, they are trying to cause us to evolve spiritually into something uh other than what god created us to be you know and uh terry dare i say bishop was pointing out that liberalism is is the and modernism is the mother of all heresy yes is that is, is that essentially what he was saying? yeah well that's a quote was, from the pope pius yes, the 10th pius the 10th right and so um again um you know we see he's pointing out the fact that many of our prelates today they are acting as hirelings terry they are not true showing themselves to be true shepherds and they have basically sold out mm -hmm. the uh, uh to the highest bidder so to speak yeah. because like uh, like bishop pointed out 
their desire and their goal is worldly affection. Yeah. It's worldly acceptance. Yeah. It's power. It's all the temptations that the devil, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he, you know, he put before the Lord and the Lord rebuked him with sacred scripture. And that's why it's important for us as Catholics, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to number one, be praying for um, our priests, but also to uh, understand and know what the word of God says, because Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Right now, there's so many confusing voices out there, Terry. Yeah. There's so many, um, you know, who do you trust? You can't trust the, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical industry. We know about the lies, <laughs> you know, have put down over the last couple of years. Sure. And I'm, dare I say it's been longer than that. But um, so, you know, when we're in this situation when we don't know uh, who to turn to it, and, and who to trust if you know the word of God, if you know the message of the, uh, the, the Catholic Church, the, the eternal uh, Rome, so to speak, the message that the church has put forth through the centuries, and you'll stay on the track. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. It shows me which way we need to walk, Terry. Amen. Brother, I can, I can listen to you. I keep going because that is <laughs> yeah. the truth. And it's the truth that sets us free. Thank you, Bishop Snyder, Amen. for calling yes. us out. And, you know, yep. I have to say this. This is just my take. I don't want to be with the world. I'll tell you why. Because our Lord forewarned us that those who are with the world are going to lose their souls. Yes. Yeah, and so why would I want to be? I, that's an indication that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going with Jesus Christ because I'm one with man. And so I just think that it's important that we stay focused and also keep us hope that, for example, uh, we pray for our leaders in our church every day, whether it's at the, the rosary. I always pray for Pope Francis to confirm us in our faith, not his intentions. I pray for him to confirm us in our faith. Why do yeah. I not? Because that's his role, to confirm us. It's not to make ambiguity. So offer your prayers for the, our leaders in our church so that they can return to this, this focus on the soul rather than the body. Well, well, you know, Terry, let's face it. You, you pointed it right out. A lack of faith. You know, we, we, we hear in certain uh, apparitions and so forth, we, uh, we hear that Rome will lose the faith, yeah. right? Uh, well, this is happening before our eyes. When you, when you don't have hope, for the future, Terry, mm. uh, then then essentially all you have is the present. Yeah, that's right. And, and and so so the focus is on everything temporal and not eternal. And see, uh, we who keep our eyes, you know, uh, like, like sacred scripture tells us, you know, uh, we can't be short sighted. We can't, you know, we have to remember that, you know, uh, heaven is our home. <laughs> that's the trajectory that we're on. Keep, you know, we keep our eyes on Christ. We, uh, we keep our gaze on Christ and, and we only glance at the problems around us because we know that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Okay. Christ has equipped us. He's empowered us. He's given us everything we need. Uh, and he says, you know, so we can go out under his authority to go out and set the captive free to do the work, to, to expand the ministry of Christ. I'm just laughing because I think of Cardinal, excuse me, Thomas More said it this way. 
Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Woo, preach it, brother. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, well, I, I read it often in my, it's in my little book here. And the reason I it's, read that is because it gives me a perspective on life, Paul. Yes, yes. That life helps. is short. Eternity is forever. Yeah, and that says it all, right? Uh, it, it, it's, it's about heaven, yeah. and it's about the hope. And we saw that in the gospel reading, yeah. that Jesus is not only willing to heal, he is able to heal. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and essentially, Terry, uh, that's the missing link. You want to know where the missing link is? It's, it's right there. It's understanding the fact that we were created for God, by God, for God. Yeah. And until, uh, as St. Augustine said, um, uh, our hearts are yep. restless yep. until they rest in thee. Yeah. You know, Paul, people call me and text me and say, what was that, that, that prayer you said? Real quick before we break. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, yeah. Mary, and St. Joseph, assist me in my last agony. See, this tells you how you have a supernatural outlook on life that, you know, this is at your deathbed. I'd love to pray that prayer on my deathbed. Well, I hope I can have the opportunity to do that. When we come back, yes. we're going to talk about a farewell to Nancy Pelosi, but also our prayers for Nancy Pelosi for her conversion. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back is right. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess Romero. You know, I love having a conversation with this man. I'll tell you why. When I, I'm done, I feel like, hey, he's giving me hope because he keeps quoting the scriptures and his faith is strong in our Lord. And we need more of that. Uh, Paul, just a quick note. I spent a long time this morning talking to our listeners who are so concerned about the problems of the church and of the world and of the vaccine. I mean, you know, we, we there was this article about, um, oh, Dr. McCulloch said the mRNA from COVID vax transfers from jab to unjab changing human. Oh my, you know, this was like pretty scary. I, I will just tell everybody this, that matter if all this is true, nothing's changed about this, that I have been baptized, I'm an heir to the kingdom of heaven, and that the worst thing they can do is kill me and um, I, go to, I go to heaven if I'm living in the state of grace. So all of these problems that we're facing, let's keep an eternal perspective on it. God brings good out of evil. Paul, your thoughts? Died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Yeah, there you go. That's it. You don't have to do anything than that. Yeah. You know, Christ is the conqueror. He will vanquish evil, Terry. And... Um, uh, you know, you know, as you're talking about this passage that you're getting ready to, uh, this uh, article about yeah, Nancy sure. Pelosi, yeah. confess to you, Terry. You know, sometimes it's easy to, you know, almost like I can't wait till God brings down His wrath. Uh, you know, you kind of feel <laughs> like uh, the sons of thunder there in the yeah, scriptures or whatever. Right. But, 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 you know, listen to Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Tell Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn, turn from your evil ways. Uh, why will you die, people of Israel? You know, Terry, that's the heart of God. 
you know, yeah. God, you know, uh, you know, we don't want to, you know, hey, I hope, you know, that she repents on Amen. her. Can you, can you imagine oh. Nancy Pelosi standing before a holy God in yeah. all of her uh, spiritual nakedness? Yes. Uh, that that I, I would feel for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would just my heart would drop for her. Yep. And so she needs to know we need to love her into the kingdom. We need to pray for her, uh, you know, w with a burden, the same burden that God has for her. Yep, I agree. Well, you know, she's 82 years old. You know, she's been in mm -hmm. Congresswoman for what 20 years in the in the House Party leadership positions, eight of those as yep. Speaker of the House. Uh, man, this assessment of Nancy is not a personal attack. OK, folks. No, it focuses on the immense harm she's inflicted on the country's moral values. It recalls her outspoken support for being on the wrong side of the critical race theory, LGBTQ theory, you know what I call them, theories, <laughs> the ideology, procured abortion, feminism, and other causes. You know, the first uh, sentiment one feels is legitimate joy and relief, but she will no longer promote every leftist cause from her high office. She will not be the Catholic celebrity that scoffs at church teaching and doctrine. It will take time to find a replacement with her stature and experiences. I, I just like this statement right here. The pro-life movement should especially rejoice with the change. The iron-fisted speaker and mother of six promoted procured abortion in all phases of pregnancy, not just she, with fanatical zeal. Moreover, mm. she wielded her power over the White House Democrats to toe the party line. Under her regime, the blue dog Democrats became extinct and the party became mm. one of immense block in favor of, here it is, the continued slaughter of the innocents. Continue, mm. Paul. Yes, Catholics also should rejoice it is an act of charity to desire that someone no longer practiced evil. Well it was said. A, yeah, evil, yeah. It was afflictive to see Nancy describe herself as a practicing Catholic, right. yet caused massive scandal by mm -hmm. leading the charge to promote legislation contrary to what the church teaches. Yep. Yeah, Terry, it's, it's given the church a black eye. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah, it was demoralizing to see church officials refused to discipline her for her evil actions, which her departure, uh, departure from leadership, this damage will be diminished, uh, although not eliminated. And not only that, Terry, I'll just, you know, chime in real quick. Uh, people don't forget too easily. And uh, the bigger scandal here is not Nancy Pelosi, but it's the, 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 the the response of the church the leadership uh, that's doing nothing yeah the leadership that. of the church whose job it was to you know to discipline and to love and to correct right. the sacred scripture tells us Terry love corrects yes where was the where was the correction coming I mean Bishop uh, Corleone he 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 did you know uh, offer some correction mm -hmm. um, I don't mean to be too critical, but it seems like it was a day late and a dollar mm -hmm. short. But nonetheless, it did come. So thank you for that. We yep. praise God for that. But then um, the Holy Father turned around and basically uh, undid everything that he basically, uh, any correction, basically affirming her, her sin. Yeah. 
Yeah, the most merciless thing we can do is let someone wallow in their yes. sin. And, yes. and this is why it's not charity to let Nancy Pelosi believe that she is a good practicing Catholic. And I, and I really believe, Paul, that those who mm-hmm. are not correcting them are participating in that sin. Yes. So there you have that's yeah. church. That's traditional church teaching. So that's why we need to pray for Nancy Pelosi, and for all those who are involved in her shenanigans in the sense of what she's promoted for most of her life. And yes. you know, Catholics, you, I love this line: "Should rejoice," and it, it is an mm-hmm. act of charity. You said that to desire that someone no longer practice evil. Are you kidding me? Was it? Would I would I be happy if Adolf Hitler didn't practice evil? Of course I would. And and mm-hmm. Paul, this is the the comment that I say: if I was a child, if I was a my children were going to run across the street, and mm-hmm. the Interstate Ten Freeway, okay, with three hundred thousand cars running back and forth, and I said to my kids, "Well, you know what? You you can do what you want to do. Um, I still love you." That wouldn't be love, would it? No. Why? Yeah. Because I'm allowing them to put themselves in the danger of getting hit by those cars. Now, that is just human life. How much love do you have for someone who's committing mortal sin objectively, objectively, and you don't tell that person to stop because it's hurting your uh, relationship with God to a point where you could go to hell? I mean, that's true charity. That's all we're really asking for. I mean, I'm trying to say this in a loving way because... Uh, I don't have any animosity for Nancy Pelosi. You know what I have for her? I feel sorry for her, Paul. This is a woman. Yes, because she's lost. But I still think there's time with our prayers and our sacrifices. As I mentioned before about Our Lady of Fatima saying that souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Can you imagine what you just said, folks, what Paul said, that Nancy Pelosi repented of her sins against the unborn and said, you know what? I was wrong and I'm going to do the rest. It's kind of like a Bernard Nathanson who had the largest abortion. He's a abortion. shot heard around the world, Terry. Yeah, yeah, had the largest abortion clinic in the world. He provided, he, pre, he did 75,000 abortions and he said, I was wrong. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to make restitution. I would love to see Nancy Pelosi do that. And yes, it would be a shot around the world, but you know what? It would be a good shot. Oh yeah. And can you imagine... Uh, you know, you can all the the people that were basically cut from the same mold. They, uh, it would it would send them, you know, a message that like wouldn't register with them, and it, it would have to cause them to reflect and <laughs> yeah. think, Terry. You think? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And so again, let's pray for Nancy. Let's bring about that version. Uh, uh, God can do anything. Absolutely. Uh, love hopes all things, believes all things. Absolutely, and you know. I'm going to pray on the air for her because that's how serious I am about her salvation. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we ask you to enlighten Nancy Pelosi and all those Catholics who are in politics who think that killing the unborn baby is a good thing. Please enlighten them to to see that this is a serious offense against human life and a serious offense for their soul, that they will realize that uh, this is something that offends our Lord and that they have a, a understanding to repent of that terrible sin that they're committing when it kills the unborn babies. 
And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And I want to pray Hail Mary for her. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Louis de Montfort talks about the power of one Hail Mary. Amen. This is why, Paul, every action is like a blank check. See, we yes. participate in the salvation of souls. So don't feel, because later in the show, I'm going to talk about a spiritual game plan. And when we have a spiritual game plan, we have our eyes focused on Christ and no one else. Yeah, basically, amen. we are so focused on doing his will in our life that no matter what comes our way a god allows his permissive will he lets some evil that happens but we can turn it into a good because that's what god does with evil so let's put our oh, yeah. trust in the lord and when we come back paul this is i think one of your specialties <laughs> on the concupiscence of sin uh this yeah. topic is sin the one influence not allowed to explain the reason of our crisis in the world today and we're going to talk about serious mortal sin and why it's important to call it for what it is and to have a solution for it. Because right now, our world sees that anything goes, right? There's no sin. That's right. It's just if it feels good, do it. Not here at the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful. We want you and all of our listeners to get to heaven. There's only one way, through Jesus Christ. Wow. Yes. Stay with us, family. We'll be back to talk about the problem of our culture is sin. And we'll show how to overcome that. Stay Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess. Jess will be back tomorrow. I want to just say, after we talk about the problem of sin, I want to talk about a spiritual game plan that can overcome sin in your life and give you hope in Jesus. So this article talks about, uh, you know, how the uh, world is looking at the midterms fading away. Most conservatives are left feeling uneasy about the results. The pundits in the media have had their day of explaining why Republicans did so poorly, finger pointing everywhere with all sorts of accusations. No one is completely happy with these explanations. Well, I'm going to give you an explanation here that tells you what it really is. So he's he, he talking about the factor weighing heavily upon the state of the nation. It does not explain everything, but it does clarify something. And here it is, folks. The factor is sin. It is a forbidden topic that most people reject as an influence. Yeah, no, the world doesn't want to talk about that. It, yeah, he used the S word, yeah, Terry, the, the S, S word. <laughs> there you go. Sin, yep. sin. It, you, its use offends many who only see things in a political or economical term. You see, we have to see this in a supernatural uh, term, okay? Because the mention of sin, sin against the tenets of liberal political order, 19th century liberalism held that the government, this is what it said, the government and the civil society are value-neutral platforms that exist solely to maximize personal happiness and prevent individuals from hurting either each other 
Really? But what's, the, what's Christ the King teaching teach about? Well, just the opposite. Liberals tend to ignore sin as a subjective judgment in a world without objective right or wrong. Yeah, there's no right or wrong. It's whoever has the most power. People might even believe in sin if it makes them happy. <laughs> but it should not intrude upon the lives of others. Everyone should be allowed to do anything, even sin, as long as it does not hinder another happiness. We call that you have your truth and I have my truth. That's not what we teach. In such a liberal value neutral world, everything takes on a Hollywooden air full of fun, laughter, superficiality. It is like a cruise ship on a never-ending cruise where all suffering is avoided. You see, the world says no suffering, just have a good time, and when you're done, Go ahead and kill yourself. All right, Paul, continue. Because that's that I think he's nailing this. I don't think I can hear, Mr. Engineer. All right, I'm going to continue until we, I get Paul back on. Of course, such a world does not exist since everyone's experiencing suffering and death. Boy, do I hear that doing over 200 funerals here at our chapel. I see a lot of suffering. However, Paul, you're ready to go. Okay, however, official narratives of liberalism can mask this suffering by having people assume Facebook-style happiness. Yeah, artificial. Meanwhile, the super-organized state and the automated technology ensure the world works according to plan. See, we're putting our trust in technology rather than in the Word of God. Paul, do I have you back? Not yet. Okay. Sin has consequences. Of course, Today, this liberal illusion is fast fading. Sin appears as a factor that can help explain what is happening. The prevalence of sin has increased so much that the liberal narratives can no longer hide behind it. Sin has political consequences, and a nation is feeling its mightily. Like it or not, failure to follow the Ten Commandments will always lead to personal and national disaster. Can I tell you something, folks? STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, 110 million Americans out of 330 million, one out of three, it's got some sexually transmitted disease. Does that tell you something? Now, when marriages break up uh, due to the sin of adultery, for example, everyone pays since it destroys their businesses, changes the communities, affects children, and often asks the government to provide services. The sin of theft in any form destroys security, endangers property, and creates lots of victims. Terry, do you have me back? I got you back now, Paul. I'm just going oh, one more right. paragraph, yeah. and I'm going to turn it right over to you, brother. Sin, yeah. like procured abortion, unnatural vice, pornography, corrode the character, right? Conscience and health with drastic outcomes for all involved around them. Here comes the, the problem. Pride makes people think that, them, that they're the center of the world. Yeah. Remember we said for men, pride goes before the fall. Yes, These sins yes. have the political consequences of diminishing personal responsibility and increasing government intervention. People vote for those who promise to facilitate their gratifications, which is often sinful. In other words, it's hard to beat Santa Claus if he's going to give you oh, everything yeah. for free. And remember, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. Paul, continue. Yes. yes. Sin accumulates 
perpetuates and multiplies quickly. Individual sins create the atmosphere for others to sin. That is why the church always tries to take away the occasions of sin. Uh, that's right. People sin together as a group or a nation, such as acts of promotion of sins like abortion. A sinful nation becomes a sad and challenging place to live and govern. When sin dominates, unity is impossible. Amen. This plague uh, contributes to the breakdown of the super organized society that tries to mask the consequences of sin. Yep. Uh, pandemics, war, recession, unrest, and crime only worsen uh, matters by breaking down the framework that keeps society functioning. Thus, people are now exposed to the full effects of sin upon society. Terry. Yes. For, er for, for every action, there's a reaction. There you go. Cause, effect. Yep. And people, because, you know, they have lost the sense of the, the supernatural, yep. they have uh, redefined, and, and that's what they're doing, if you notice. They're like, sin is not sin anymore. Right. If you practice homosexuality, hey, yeah. that's how God made me. Exactly. And so, Justified. and so, yeah, and so this is what liberal thought does. It basically, you know, but what these things are doing really is, they are tearing society apart at the seams. But it's okay, because guess what, Terry? Jesus was a sign of contradiction, Amen. and we are that sign of contradiction. The body of Christ, if you are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are faithful to the teachings of Mother Church, Amen. then we need to just jump in and be part of the sign of contradiction. Go ahead, Terry. And Paul, I just going to, because we have a couple minutes left, I want to yeah. give a solution of a spiritual game plan to fight okay. this. Okay. I mean, do you want to be a good Catholic Christian? Of course. First of all, your battle will be to enter into and remain the state of grace, to avoid any mortal sin. And then yes. because you want to love God above all things, you're going to try not to commit even venial sin. Yes. Now, the practice of some acts of piety okay, throughout the day will help you have a divine contemplation in life in the midst of daily routine. Yes. The habitual performance of these acts will also be the foundation for growing in Christian virtue. See, yes. the Angelus, right? All these, Divine Mercy Chapel, all that, Rosary. Most important, it will be consistent in your daily schedule and your spiritual game plan so that you will live as a child of God. Here's one practical element. I get up, I got up at four o'clock this morning because that's when I, early, that's when I can pray. Nobody's making noise. I can get up and do it. So you get up yeah. at a fixed time. You, you determine what that fixed time is. But I say as early as possible. You at least get eight hours of sleep. I mean, some people can live on six hours of sleep, but it's usually not healthy for anything less. And then here's the kicker, folks. Offer your day to God through the intercession of Our Lady. Number mm -hmm. three, work with order and intensity during the day as a way of serving God. Did you hear that? Yes, you're serving God by serving, doing your duties well. Set goals, establish priorities in order to develop a practical schedule. And here comes, folks, what the council called us, sanctify the ordinary work is the goal of our life. Oh, I love that one. It is. It's beautiful. Now, try to attend daily Mass, receive Holy Communion as often as possible. This is the best sacrifice we can offer to God. Prepare yourself for Mass by spending some time in prayer. Yes. One more spiritual game plan. Spend at least 15 minutes before the Blessed Sacrament. I, didn't, I, I like a holy hour, but 15 minutes minimum. Pray the Angelus, you know, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Pray the Rosary, obviously. Do some spiritual reading. Start with the New Testament. You know, right. we have a Bible study going on at our Advent right now here at the chapel on Thursday nights. 
We're, we're, we're doing Galatians. I mean, what a great book. It's a small little book, but man, it's powerful. But we got to yeah. look more into the Word of God in our spiritual game plan. Without that, you're going to be lost. You know, you know, Terry, think yeah. about our Lord. When he came into this world, yes. he was rejected. Yes. Uh, the religious establishment, those that should have received him as their king and lord, mm-hmm. rejected him. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, the world was completely hostile yep. toward him. Well, nothing's changed. No. We, the mystical body of Christ, right. we are being abandoned by those who should, you know, be supporting us and and and, and helping yeah. us. Uh, and and the world is completely hostile toward us. Yeah. Nothing has changed. This is what the Bible means when it says we are called to emulate Christ. We as members of the body of Christ, with Christ being the head and Mary in position as being the neck, the you know the conduit that that connects us to the head. Yes. Uh, uh, that's the construct that God has created for Mother Church Amen. and. Uh, and when we understand this and function, yes, we're we're unstoppable. Amen, brother. One last comment I think is important. Make a short examination of conscience at the end of the day. If you're not doing these things, please consider them. Humble yourself in the presence of God. Tell our Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. You ask for light to acknowledge yes. your defects and, and virtues, to see the dangers and opportunities of the day, and yes. ask for repentance, amendment, and encouragement. And I always ask this, ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day and your faith will grow. But if we don't have a spiritual game plan and we're just kind of like floating along, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The currents are going to take you out Mm. to the ocean. That's an analogy, but you're going to lose your faith because the current is so strong. You need to be grounded in Jesus Christ. Wrap it up, Paul. Well, Terry, I like what you said. If Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Let me answer that for you. The Lord said, I am willing. <laughs> and he is willing. He is ready, Terry. He is Amen. willing and he is able. I love it. Paul Clay, thanks for sitting in for Jess today. Wow. Oh. Are you fired up, folks? I am. Why? I want to love Jesus more. How about you? Turn your life over to Jesus Christ, please. If you haven't been to confession, I know a lot of parishes right now are having Advent confession services. Get to confession. It's good for the soul. Paul Clay, what state should we be living in, brother? State of grace, my friend. A state of grace. You nailed it. And folks, I want to remind you again for the the, uh, conference that's coming up on the 14th of January on evangelization with Johnny Romero and myself. Go to Virgin Most Powerful Radio's website or call 877-526-2151. Be there because it's going to help you share your faith with anyone. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said it. Souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. We're all, we all can participate in the saving graces and work of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God richly bless you and your family. Stay tuned for what comes up next here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you.